And welcome back in. Greg Davis here, Priority Talk Radio Truth 101, WXJC. And, uh, of course, PriorityTalkRadio.com. Find everything you hear. You can find it there and on your favorite podcast platforms as well. And uh, as we've been uh, telling you, we've got uh, my friend Scott Dawson in studio with us. And uh, he and I have been hanging out a little bit today and uh, overseeing his new facility, which we're going to tell you all about. My goodness, amazing. Um, But, Scott, it's good to have you in. It's been a little while since you've been here with me. It has. Uh, You know, it's been a journey. We've known each other for so long. And may I just go ahead and say congratulations, because this is such a commitment. Uh, A lot of us that do podcasts, we may have to do one a week or we do seasons. Mm -hmm. Every day you have to bring it. Congratulations. That's a commitment. It's every day now for about a decade. Yeah. So uh, it's a lot of of hours. It, It is every day. That's the. And I got Nate helps me sure there are days when i'm away and he fills in so we make it work but you got to think about it every day absolutely Uh, that that red light goes on (laughs) it's it's like sunday for a pastor it's coming that's exactly the analogy i but you have it every weekday you're you're saying exactly what i say all the time Mm -hmm. yeah so uh good 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 to have you here of course scott dawson uh scott dawson evangelistic association also strength to stand conferences so Mm -hmm. there's no doubt that uh, many of the people listening to us, uh, you've been in their church over the years uh, preaching. You might have been in a football stadium near them. Uh, they've probably uh, been or took kids to your conferences in Pigeon Forge. Uh, they might have been to a stadium somewhere, a yeah. minor league or a major league sporting event, and heard you preach the gospel. you got a few things going on, too. Yeah, I've been around for a while. We just celebrated 35 years. Uh, the end of that, we started 36th in the uh, middle of October. So it's – on one hand, it seems like it's it was yesterday when we started. Yeah. In other – I mean, it's been an entire lifetime. 36 years, a lot of changes happen. So we always talk about methods change, but the, the message doesn't. And that that's true. I mean, the gospel still changes lives in 2023 like it did in 1992. That's right. It's just the methods change a little bit. Uh, but I would say right now, you would agree with this, there is such a desperation for hope and peace that um, the gospel's never been more attractive to the crowds but it's never been harder to get those people who receive Christ assimilated into a local church. Yeah, and and growing in him. That's the disconnect. Yeah, it is. Gosh, I was just thinking we met each other I'm going mid 90s. Uh-huh. I mean, I wasn't when I when I first met you, I don't think I was working with First Priority. Yet. No, no. I I and think I met you through your dad. Maybe so. I yeah. came to our church. Uh I, I remember meeting you with Mike Beck. Yeah, over uh, at I, First Pleasant Grove. I remember that. Maybe before that as well. I can't remember. But, you know, I went on staff with First Priority in 96. So it was predated that. Oh, so, wow. So, yeah, for so a while. And uh, I was there 25 years. Now you've got 35 years in. We're we antiques. Still, we still look good. We're antiques, though. You look I good. Mean, well, you do, too. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, uh, tell folks about the Strength to Stand conferences, because so many of our churches go to those. Uh, give them a little update sure. coming up in December and January. You know, and every year it seems like less conferences are being held. When, I, when we first started our conferences, uh, they weren't very popular. But it was one of those things where it was biblical. You could take students away, build into their lives, bring them back to advance their ministries. That's the whole concept of a Mm -hmm. conference. 
And so I think as we've stayed true to our core principle of having good music, but having credible messages, we really dive into God's word, make it relevant for a student, but also stay reverent to God's word. And uh, over the last several years, you know, the the big thing was when we had Sunday service with Kanye. Yes. Uh, it blew up to eighteen thousand. Yeah, you still talking to Kanye? Well, we tapped out. Uh, <laughs> and I, but I'll say this: yeah. if Kanye uh, was, uh, I think, if he had stayed on medication, and I and, and everybody's, it's such a stigma about yeah. the mental stability. But if I go into the hospital because I have a heart issue. No one's embarrassed. If my liver is is not functioning, no one's embarrassed. But there's something about, and I go, we got to get past that, and it, that's where I think the disconnect with with Kanye it, when when he stopped taking July third of 2020, he called it Freedom Day, and it just if you look at his life and you see what's taking place, and I just pray that he gets the right people around him uh, that can help him. But you so, know, so you had this day where you're sitting around and. You get a phone call from Kanye. From Kanye. Yeah. Kanye West for Oh yeah. That's how he said it. He said, Hey Scott, this is Kanye West. And I was like, What's up? I mean, that was the only way <laughs> that was the only response I could come up with. What's up? And so uh, you know, it was it was it was a situation where I wasn't trying to exploit him. Yeah. We had a conference in ten weeks that I was trying to get an A artist and I couldn't find anyone. So he literally heard, I think, the the situation you were in yeah and he said we're coming and my gosh did he Kanye show up? calls you and says i want to come lead worship on he, sunday morning and he and chartered, I'm bringing a team with me he chartered a 747 from california flew in with 130 members of a gospel choir every one of them have in ears the producer of his sunday morning show with us was the same producer of the super bowl uh, he brought in 30,000 flowers because they wanted to have an artistic expression. I was like, I've never seen 30,000 flowers in my entire life. And I've done a bunch of funerals. I mean, it was just flowers everywhere. Everywhere we turned, we saw the hand of God work on it. And that's all I could say about the conferences is every time we see it. This year, when everybody's talking about the economy, everybody's talking about the big drift away from church, we're up in, in our December conference, we're a, we're, our growth is 100 plus percent. Mm. We've already doubled of what we had last year. In January, we're up now, uh, we're already 2,000 ahead of where we were last year, and last year was the highest year outside of Kanye. We could be on the brink of being right where we were with Kanye. Uh, in 2019. So Kanye was like, he had like 18,000 people We had 18,000. And uh, average is, I mean, 14, 15, 16 is going to happen. Yep. So we could so be So people up. are hungry for it. Absolutely. Like I said, it's never you, been more attractive. And, and not, was it post-COVID not as many people are doing the conference? Did that just put some people out? I think or? COVID took a lot of people out. I think uh, right now there's a big push uh, with the birth of the megachurch, that megachurches are doing their conferences and it's moved a lot of the other ones out. Then you've had some that have either, you know, retired. They didn't have a they didn't have a succession plan. Like if something happens to me today, yeah. uh, SDA continues on. We've got the team. Uh, we've got people that know exactly where they need to be and what their skill sets are. You've got to prepare today like you're not going to be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And most leaders don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, I call it, we call it the Mack truck theory. Yeah, absolutely. You, you got to have a plan. And and it, don't make me need you. Because That's if right. I need you, I've got a problem. Yeah. Like if I go down and somebody else can step in and go out. But if I have a mid-level manager 
that has a sick kid and they're out for three days and all of a sudden we're, everything comes to a halt don't make me need you mm-hmm. that's not that's not ministry mm-hmm. ministry is about giving up to go up yeah. that's what maxwell's taught us for 30 years yeah. well and it's discipleship you're passing it along to other people Multiplying. so they can carry it forward and you're not you're not that important yeah but um, we do have a crisis because right now we're talking about this afternoon 38 i've got 38 churches right now looking for full-time youth pastors and we can't find them yeah yeah i want to talk about that the conference though let's go back because mm-hmm. we assume everybody but not everybody in uh, the northern half of alabama listening to us on the radio knows about strength to stand so they can go to strength to stand online strength to stand.com we can put that on our show notes strength to stand.com and uh tell folks like in january what you got planned sure because you talk about good music and great content yep we have two uh two conferences right after christmas uh we have man we've got uh we the kingdom uh cody carnes and tarn wells they're going to be at both conferences we've tried to shadow both conferences now strength to stand worship leads worship then our speakers we've got guys like david nasser uh thomas beavers levi lusco uh these guys come in and they just pour their hearts out and um it's january during the martin luther king holiday weekend so it starts on saturday you don't have to miss school. You're back on Sunday, uh, Monday afternoon. School starts back on Tuesday. So we'll have about, we'll probably be over 3,000, 3,200 over Christmas, 17, 16, 17,000 probably in January. Yeah. And the thing I like about what you do is that there's that many people there, but they're only all in the same room, basically. Is like still one time? Well, no. We, is it different? We, always. And, and we try to make it. you used to break it up into smaller venues. Not, right. Not anymore? No. What we do is we do session A and session B. Okay. Simply because. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah. The, the theaters that used to be there are no longer there. That's true. They've shut down. So okay. we've had to consolidate, but we try to make so many LED walls in the room that everybody feels like sure. there. it's an intimate atmosphere. Yeah, sure. Because people to. hear that many people and they think, uh, wow, I'd be a nosebleed. Not not true not in that room yeah you're able to to work it and get everybody in there together well that's great strength to stand conference uh strength to stand.com go there and you can just get more information on that Uh, and you have churches of all sorts of denominational 18 different denominations i'm sorry uh 12 different denominations 18 different states last year yeah they draw from all over so this isn't just an alabama thing it's not just a baptist thing or a methodist thing or whatever you know it's very uh very multi yeah people coming the body of christ yeah that's it and and that's what's beautiful about it and i think that's why uh, it's been so successful over the years Hmm. and uh, and those conferences uh allow you to do a lot of other ministry yes so let's just quickly and then i want to get into this need in the building because scott was just gifted uh the ministry was a uh, what about a probably a 10 million dollar facility yeah i tell people we were gifted but it wasn't free because that meter started <laughs> yeah. clicking but we we were just looking for some more space and yeah. the lord just opened up a, an incredible facility yeah. two hundred three thousand square feet of prime office space and i want everybody to hear about it uh and and what you're going to use it for because that's going to meet the need yeah you know, there's a need and there's a solution um but quickly um you also do i just want people to know what you do mm-hmm. um you also uh, do a lot of um, uh, Man, the, we, the, the events with the sports. Absolutely, teams. we do safe at home with baseball. 
Uh, we've done that with Major League Baseball. We've done Faith and Family for NFL. Uh, then we do our Unite events. We did Pensacola last year. We're doing Knoxville next summer at Thompson Bowling. And then after that, we're going to bring a lot of ministries together like you and so many others and do Unite Alabama. And we're, our goal is for all 67 counties to have the gospel uh, penetrating those communities and culminating in festival settings in Dothan, Mobile, Montgomery, Birmingham, Huntsville, Quad Cities, and both college towns. So lots to get involved with, uh, SDEA and Strength to Stand. Uh, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. So yeah. go check it out, pastors, youth pastors, church leaders, parents, all of that. Go check it out. All right, let's take a break, come back, and let's talk about this need. You said you've got 38 churches right now looking for full-time youth pastors. That's just what we know. Yeah, I get, I still, I'm not really in, quote, youth ministry any longer, vocationally. I, I was for 30 years. I still get a call a week, probably, still. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know there's a great need. And you had a vision uh, to do something to help with this. And then a nine and a half or $10 million facility falls to you to do it. Yep. So that's the teaser. So hang on, folks, and we'll come right back and continue the conversation with Scott Dawson. And we're back in visiting with Scott Dawson of the Scott Dawson Evangelistic Association and Strength to Stand. Head over to uh, strengththestand.com for information on all of the conferences he puts on. He doesn't need me to announce that. He's got plenty of folks coming and interested. But for the few of you out there who aren't familiar, go check it out. Never get satisfied. Well, that's right. That's right. And more people to reach. Uh, But uh, you got your rooms full, that's for sure. Okay. Um, So you're like me and a lot of other people. We've seen a need in the in the church mm-hmm. uh, of people to, uh, to to be able to impact children, students. And, you know, we got to reach people young. Mm-hmm. It's younger than it's ever been, quite honestly, because of the culture that we live in now. Um, and so there's this lack of, to me, I see a lack of people really uh, accepting and, and moving into a calling of youth ministry. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then how do they get trained and how do you know what to do and how do you get connected to churches that are ready for you. And so you've been seeing this problem, too, for a long time. Is that the way you saw it? Absolutely. When we first started, um, youth ministry consisted of stages. You started out, let's just call it, you know, uh, no hope number two. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just fledgling situation. $25 is your budget, and, yeah. you're, and, and you do a good job. No hope calls you, and all of a sudden you got $1,000 in your budget, and you go, man, I'm rocking and rolling. Finally, new hope calls you. I mean, that was that was the, yeah. the method. So, but then we had the birth of the megachurch, and the birth of the megachurch comes in, and they see these young raw talents in in no hopes. Now, no hope number two, they don't they don't know them, but no hope, and so we bring them into a conference room, give them a latte, MacBook. They're not going back to no hope. They'll go to new hope, but they're not going to no hope. That no hope is um, our our literally sweet spot. For our conferences, for everything we do mm-hmm. in every city. Uh, What's the average size group that comes to your conference? Yeah, I think that? we, right now, our, our churches average between 300 and 1,000. Now, we have some that are much smaller than 300. Mm-hmm. We have several that are much larger than 1,000. That's more than I would have thought. Yeah. I would have thought it was a lot. Of, it is a lot of small groups. That right. Come. But our average is between 300 and 1,000. They come bring one van. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, that's yeah. how it used to be. But yeah. um, so what I started seeing is this drastic reduction of youth pastors in the in that style of church, 300, 1,000, 1,500. And you're not big enough where you can do everything by yourself. Now you're talking about the whole church. 
Yeah, the whole church. Uh, okay, I was going to say, that, that's what threw me off. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I'm talking about the total church. That's not the size the of the church. Group. I was saying, how many does a group bring to your conference? Oh, my gosh. If they brought 1,000, they wouldn't need us. They would be doing, they'd rent no. their own facility. But if the church runs three or 500, they bring how many to your conference? Yeah, uh, we average, I think right now, is 46. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. 46. A couple of van loads. Yep. Yeah. That's so that's, okay. that's our average group, 46. Because okay. you were blowing me away there for a minute. You no, were talking about the size thought, of the no, whole no, church. No, I was talking about the whole church. Okay, that's but fine. If we if we lose student pastors, we lose um, student conferences. When we lose student conferences, that's a big platform for evangelism for our ministry. So if anybody wants to go, you know, he's self-serving. That's what it does because we're, we live youth pastors. We live on that front line for, for those youth groups. But if we can't find youth pastors, we're, we're in trouble. So for about three years, this has been in my heart, my mind. Of, I've, I've assembled a team of student pastors from around the Southeast mainly, and we've gotten together and they've gotten the four pillars that we always talk about that if a youth pastor is going to make it you got to have a calling you got you got to have conviction because if you don't stand for something you're going to you're going to eventually drift away uh you got to have competence because if you don't have competence um you're you not going to get much done no you're going to get fired and then you got to have character mm -hmm. so if you have those four pillars and if you can walk out with a passion for souls, a love for God and his word, and a hard work ethic. I mean, you're, you're light years ahead of the average bear. So we started thinking, how, how are we going to do this? We didn't want to do a college. I, I, this is not going to be a college or a university, uh, nor do we really want a seminary. But when we started but you're doing thinking, this study, we gotta we got to train youth pastors. Yeah, we got to get we're people, we got to get them in the churches with those four things we're losing them yeah no one wants to be i mean right now youth ministry has been made not cool uh by a couple of speakers and a drift from youth ministry to church planning yeah. let's it's the elephant in the room everybody now wants to be a church planner uh and i tell everyone if you want to be a church planner or a senior pastor i really can't help you but if you are called to be a student pastor and eventually you want to be a senior pastor yeah we can help you right. so and church plants don't don't typically make it do they? Well, that's my, my you, experience. You better know how some to do. make it. Um, some do very well. Yeah. But a lot of them, a year or two later, it's over. And then they're burnt. And a lot of them's lost every, you know, they've put a lot into it. And they're burned out. And they're burned out. And then they're out of ministry. National Association of Evangelicals say right now that 30% of pastors have $36,000 or more of college debt. And I was like, that can't happen. So we tried to make it affordable. If you really want to know what this is, this is a trade school, trade school for youth pastors. You know, it, it's it's practical. It's not in big brand of theoretical stuff. We've got youth pastors that are drilling down the 12 characteristics uh, of youth ministry that you better know. We were just talking earlier about Greek and Hebrew. Mm -hmm. I took four, I, t I t literally took four years of Hebrew, six years of Greek. I, I, but now a kid can buy a thousand dollar Logos package mm -hmm. and they know exactly what I and they know more than I know because mm -hmm. I've forgotten about it. And it even pronounces it for you with one stroke of a keyboard. Yeah. So let's get away from the traditional sense and let's streamline it. It's a two year program for a youth pastor one year in the classroom it's 40 weeks 10 weeks four different times and we're, and we're walking you through these courses the second year you're on staff you're an assistant student pastor you're not an intern because an intern will go get you coffee and you know an intern's not involved in the daily mm -hmm. uh, activity so you are on staff being mentored by the pastor 
being challenged by the student pastor, always being under supervised ministry of the institute. And by this end of the second year, if you walk through this, we've got two placement agencies that work with churches that have guaranteed every one of our people that go through these requirements will get a full-time position. Hmm. Now, that's pretty stout. Yeah. But you've got to abide by the characteristics, follow through with it, because of these placement agencies, they say we can't find them. We can't find student pastors any longer. So, again, we're, we're not a university. Um, we hope that someone's already gone through a bachelor's so that they finish what they started. Our sweet spot would be someone who's gone, I don't really want to go three years to learn how to be a student pastor mm-hmm. in a seminary. Or they, have a, they may have a bachelor's in something else. Absolutely. Besides ministry or Bible, but then want to go into ministry as well so on, we, on a full-time or a part-time basis. This is this is youth pastoring taught by youth pastors for youth pastors to be a youth pastor in the trenches of the local church. So how long have you been thinking about this? Three years. Three years. And, you know, your ministry, I, we talked about everything you're doing. And so you, you're, in a, you're in space and you, you're out of space. Yeah, uh, office space and meeting space and just you know that's an interesting that's an interesting situation. I mean, we 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 were out of space, and I was like, all right, let's go. F-. I, I told my son, I go, you know, who works with us? He's a CPA. I said, let's go find some some buildings that may have some more space for us that we could buy. I've mm-hmm. always we've gone after so many buildings uh, around Birmingham, and it's usually the same process. We find a building. Well, I knew something was going on because you texted me and asked me something about buildings and. I didn't have much for you, but I was like, okay, something's going on. Well, and we were, we were under an NDA and anyway, all that kind of stuff. Um, And so Hunter, I'm give honor where honor is due. His first employer while he was at Sanford, uh, Lynn Shannon, Shannon Walchek, walked us into a building over here on Lakeshore, right off Lakeshore. Right um, off I-65. It's right in the heart of Birmingham, right off the interstate, I-65 and Lakeshore. Uh, it's a 203,000. Very near a Taco Casa, by the way, which is pretty important for a lot of people. Taco Casa, Chili's, Milo's, Chick-fil-A, <laughs> yeah, the okay. gospel chicken. Yeah. So uh, it was 203,000 square feet. It was built by South Trust. It was their training center. They built an entire complex back there. I've grown up in Birmingham, went to Sanford and Beeson, graduated, and never, never knew the building existed. So the first time I walked in was the first time I'd seen it. Uh, and it was so impressive because uh, South Trust was bought by Colonial. Colonial was then taken over by Wachovia. Wachovia was then taken over by Wells Fargo. And Wells Fargo just simply went, we didn't need this. So it has been empty for now six years. And you walked into it. It's literally you walk in, you think people are just out to eat lunch. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's yeah. been maintained. Yeah. It, it's been uh, it's been kept every inspection. Uh, CBRE has done an incredible well, they had to job. Keep it up because they were trying to sell it. They were trying to sell it. Yeah, it, it wasn't vacant. I mean, so much. I mean, I guess not. People weren't working in it, but it was uh, the maintenance was continuing. So we walked away four times, and I, I I tell everyone I was lightly grasping to the building, but tightly grasping to his hand. I was kind of like Moses, mm-hmm. Lord. If you don't go, don't 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 let me go. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go without you. But there's two emotions that you never want to respond to, and that is fear and anger. My anger would have been strike the rock, make something happen that's not there. So I didn't want to run ahead of God. But the other one is to look at it and go, 200,000 square feet? We're in 12,000 square feet. Yeah. So 200,000 square feet. Yes. Let that sink in a minute, folks. 
That's you, a lot of room. That's a You saw it today. It's yeah. to tour the building. I had to buy new tennis shoes because my ankles were hurting. I saw that. Those are nice. It's one and a half miles. If I give you the entire, and I'll do two or three a day because I I never want to get tired of showing what God can Mm do. And I told you, I said, if we step in the light of God's glory on this, he will take us out so quick. So I give honor to him. He's, we couldn't have done it. We walked away four times. Uh, Long story short, the owners um, who are not uh, a Christian based. They're great, you know. They're good people. Good people. They're they're from Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, when he called and said, "Well, I I'm 90 percent sure we're going to give you the building." Gosh. And, and how much were they trying to sell it for? 19 million. <laughs> so, uh, and and we get a seven story parking garage with 1600 spaces. So we have now got uh, five and a half floors. Uh, we've got a cafeteria that can seat 350. Uh, we've got a food court that you've seen. Uh, we're talking to local restaurants about coming in and taking use of that. Uh, the Institute will be on the first floor. We've got enough space to train 600 people at one time yeah. in different training yeah, classrooms. Yeah. You had rooms where probably 10 or 15 people up to what dozens of yeah, people at the same time. to 60 or 75. Yeah. Downstairs could be an incredible auditorium that we're looking at building. Uh, the fifth floor has a 270-degree view of, um, of Birmingham with Vulcan, of Homewood. Um, and then uh, we've got more space and we know what to do with. So we're, we're looking at like-minded organizations uh, to join us in this um, that will sign a statement of faith that we will stay true to our calling. But we believe this could be a sending center uh, for all the nation. Our, our tag phrase is calling America to Christ. It's not that I'm against the world. I, man, look, we got to win the world to Christ. But I got to the point of seeing that we were doing so much in the world that we were leaving our own country. America is an unchurched oh, area. I agree. Yeah. So it's a lot harder mm-hmm. to work here. Yeah, it is. And so I was like, let's call America to Christ. I've had, I'm sure you've had it. I had, I've had many churches that had supported our work here in Alabama and our public schools, sharing the gospel. They supported us for years and were involved. And then they might stay involved, but I don't know, we directed our funds to whatever country yep. somewhere else. I'm like, well, what if we don't do something here, those people aren't going to be there to give that money in the next generation to go to those nations. There's a balance. 84% of all f- of missions are funded by America. Yeah. If we lose America, that, we lose the missionary that's emphasis. It. I'm telling you, that has definitely happened. You've probably seen it as well. All right, got to take a break. Scott Dawson with us. One more segment on the other side. I'll let him tell us more and more about the building and kind of how this is going to ramp up and uh, how you can pray for him, how you can get involved, and uh, maybe how your church, uh, you yourself or your church, may could uh, benefit from the blessing uh, from the Scott Dawson Evangelist Association. Stay with us. And we're back in all the way till the top of the hour. Stay with us now. We're here until 7, visiting with Scott Dawson, uh, the Scott Dawson Evangelistic Association, strengththestand.com as well. Check out the conferences. And we're just talking about this, what do we call it, the Youth Pastor? It's called the Strength to Stand Institute, Institute. STS okay. Institute. And it's going to be for youth pastors. That's a two-year program. Uh, worship leaders. That's a one-year program because, um, you know, honestly, they're in such high demand. Oh, big time. And uh, But it's not a plug-and-play system that it's developed into. Yeah. A, a worship leader's got to know the calling of a worship leader. I wonder leader. if more churches are looking for youth pastors or looking for worship leaders. I, th- I think it's it's a neck-and-neck neck race. Music. And then Whatever style you, of music the, they do, people the are looking. The overwhelming is production. 
lights, sound, video. You can't keep them. Mm-hmm. Advertising companies know digital content is everything. So they're they're all, and and the other lane that we're looking at in the future is children's ministry. Mm-hmm. So there's there's uh, what I'm trying to do is to, is to teach people how to lead from the second chair, mm-hmm. in 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 the local church to in, in encourage the pastor, you know, exhort the body. Um, but how, how are we going to do this? Because I'm in the trenches. I want to teach them how to be in the trenches. In 35 years, uh, I've learned, you know, I, I've got a lot of faults, but I've got a lot of strengths that I think are being funneled into this. I, I tell everyone now I'm in my mid-50s. I'm in that last quarter, and I want to multiply for this next generation. And I think this is this is what we're going to be. Yeah. I, tell you, I don't know anyone who is stuck with, youth ministers like you have investing in them raising them up encouraging them sometimes having to have hard talks Mm -hmm. you know along the way um you and jay strack are the two guys down in orlando yep uh you're the two guys that have just uh made 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 a life of it i mean i did it for a long time too and still do but um i mean you just uh, have just stayed with it and and this will be uh this will impact more people in in the decades than anything else you've done. It will multiply ourselves. And that's what we've always been trying to do. We've done it on small. We've done youth pastors uh, retreat. We've yeah, done, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we, we have the big one called the Strength to Stand Network. And mm-hmm. we tried to, this is how it all kind of developed years ago. And then we went with COVID. We had to go to community groups on Zoom. And then we were like, we're we're losing these student pastors and they're becoming pastors. And they're the ones coming back to me going, I can't find student pastors that yeah. want to reach people for Christ. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now they're just, it used to be a stepping stone to be a pastor, mm-hmm. but now it is just considered almost a, um, a, a secondary uh, placement. You know, if you really want to get out there, be a church planner. I'm not against church planning, no. but I am against r- removing a lot of guys that could reach this next generation for Christ. And like we said, I, I was in South Africa. I'll never forget the pastor walking up to me. I was about to go speak. And he said, Pastor, I want you to know one thing. When you go out there on the platform, there's not one person listening to you that wants to go to France, that wants to go to Iraq. They all want to go to America. And he said these, this phrase. He said, as America goes, so goes the world. Lead them to Jesus. And I went. I came back and I went, guys, I, it's not that I'm against world missions. I'm all for it. Yeah. But for our ministry, our platform, we want to see America come to know Christ again. Make mm-hmm. his name famous. Yeah. So out of that came the Institute. Um, and, man, we have a focus group that starts in October. We've got 10 people uh, that are committed to it. In January, there'll be another opening for 20 more. So we're looking for 20 right now. These are people, our sweet spot would be someone that's finished their bachelor's. Maybe they're in their, their career and they're looking now going, man, God's really called me to be a youth pastor. We work with your schedule. It's four days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, block. So we bring you in. And what I'm telling these guys, you know, when someone's successful and someone pats them on the back, that successful person probably forgets it as soon as the next accolade's given to them. But when you're struggling and you're beginning and someone believes in you and invests in you, you remember them for the, for the rest of their lives. That's for my ministry. That's what I've always done for people. I try to be there when they begin. This is the first time since I began 
that I've got something where I need people to come along beside us where we're starting. Yeah. And I gave I gave my commitment to every one of those guys that started this October, and I'll give every one of the guys that start in January. I'll remember you for the rest of my life mm-hmm. because you helped us get this thing started. Wow. Well, what do you need right now? <laughs> we need chairs. I know chairs. <laughs> we need chairs. We got tables. Yeah, you've got uh, over two hundred thousand square feet, and there's some there there's some there's furniture there, some stuff. Yeah. But but yeah, not a lot of chairs. No, I don't. Uh, so you need chairs for all these rooms where you're going to teach and train people and all that. Yeah. If you got there, chairs, there's tables. Yeah, we got a table. We got tables. We just need chairs around them. Yeah, so who, for classrooms. Who in our listening audience has got the connection on chairs? Yeah, that would want to get involved in such a cause. If somebody's updating or somebody's yeah. downsizing, you don't need them for your auditorium or your classrooms. Uh, we we definitely need chairs. We need prayer. I mean, you know, prayer is the fundamental thing. Sure. Um, because we always say this is not, we don't think this is a cure-all. We don't think this is the end-all for everything. This is just when we saw the need, uh, we went, where can we find the solution? Mm-hmm. And we think this could be a step in the right direction. Yeah. And again, I don't think anybody's a niche on student ministry, worship leading, and production. Usually it's it's more broad-based, yeah. but we're going to be a rifle approach to this. Yeah. Um, well, I and, like what you say about the end-all, be-all. It's not. But you saw a need, and this is a solution. Hopefully, it'll 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 solve a lot. But uh, that's like I've said a lot of times. You know, you see a need, you go to meet it, and then people want to criticize it, and you go, "Well, what what's your solution?" That's right. Well, they don't have one. Well, I like mine better than yours. And so, when you if you come up with a better one, I'll help you. Uh, I'll join in with you. I but don't right mind. now, this is what we got. As, with with thirty eight churches growing and these placement agencies going, we can't place them. We just we can, we need some help. So I, I think. Uh, prayer chairs, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I get an alliterated. Yeah, or, I was going or, looking for another one. It didn't come to me. Prayer chair care, um, but you know, just and then word of mouth. If you know somebody who may feel called to ministry, uh, we'd love to show them the building. Love to show them our our little vision of what we've got. Man, that that building is going to be a lighthouse for for the for the nation. I well, believe. And the building was donated to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they were trying to sell it for 19 million. It's over 200,000 square foot with a parking deck and grounds. And I mean, it's a huge complex, okay? Yeah. Uh, but they didn't donate you the money to pay the power bill and the upkeep and the, <laughs> it's not and, free. And the elevators. And it, so you just inherited a, a whole new budget Yes. that you've got to uh, upkeep a facility yep. big time. Yep. And, and right now you don't you don't have much happening there as far as from a ministry standpoint to, to show. So maybe there's some people out there that, you know, you're sort of ground level people, you're ground level givers and mm. you like to just get in on the, on the ground level of something and invest before there's a whole lot to see. Mm. Um, and uh, maybe some of you are out there right now. If you, you, you can definitely take the donations. ScottDawson.org. Uh, we're a 501c3. Yeah. We're audited every year. We're sure. ECFA approved. Um, and We've been yeah. around 35 years. So there's, yeah, yeah. All, all's good there. Yeah. But, uh, but but definitely funds help. So uh, <laughs> churches, individuals, you didn't come here to do that. No, I, no. I'm saying it. Because I went over there and went, what's the power bill here? My goodness. You yeah. know what I mean? This is like, uh, you know, that's not from one month to the next, you've got a, a major power bill uh, mm-hmm. to, to maintain. So uh, and that helps while you're ramping this up. It's almost so you, like having a radio show every day. Yeah. You, got, you, you got to work it 24-7, you baby. Do. It never stops. Uh, it never stops. So you've got 10 that are ready to roll in October. Uh, they're, they're starting in October. Already enrolled uh, 20. Uh, we're, we're hoping for 20 in January, but we've not even advertised. 
that we're starting this. This this is the first interview I've given about the institute. Okay. So we're we're just about to roll it out in social media starting first. And week because in October. you were um, uh, because of your fundraising and people giving, this really isn't going to cost the student, the potential youth minister, worship leader, production. It's not going to cost them a whole lot. No. Because you don't want them leading out with a bunch of debt. Absolutely. And then they get in a church and you don't make a lot of money. You know, you're not going to get rich. And then you can't live. And so you wind up having to get out of ministry because to pay off your debts and live, that's what happens a lot. Absolutely. That, that's the, that's the they story. They burn out. They burn out or they drift out. So why do they do that? They burn out because they're trying to provide for their family. The, our stats on the student pastors that we know of, the average student pastor is 32 years of age. They have two kids, and they've not had a vacation in three years. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to— Well, but they've been to Pigeon Forge, to your conferences. And that's what a church thinks they is their do, vacation. They do. They do. They do. So I'm going, we've and, got— and they, and they didn't sleep but two hours a night the whole time they were there. <laughs> I, I am one of the biggest cheerleaders for youth pastors. You are. They've got our they've got our greatest commodity at their most critical time, mm-hmm. and most of the time we're either criticizing them for being too loud on Wednesday. We think we pay them too much, and we want to cut back their budget and say you better grow the ministry by twenty percent. And I go, this is so unrealistic. So what I love, and I told you this at the building, before one of our graduates takes a church that they say they can place them in. The worst thing that could happen is if we put them in a dysfunctional situation. So three of our youth pastors from our advisory team will interview that church to make sure that our graduates are in healthy situations so that they're being mentored. And if it's not a healthy situation, we're not leaving them, but we're going to make sure it is healthy before we put a youth pastor in that position. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, good stuff. Uh, anything else we need to say? No, man. Thank you if for got, all you do. I think do. we've gotten it all in there. We're out of time. So uh, <laughs> it was good to be with you. Building is phenomenal. I look forward to being back over there many times over the years and just watching this thing take off and seeing that cafeteria full of people and life and bustling and moving and Oh, my goodness. October 9th. You got me excited, man. Ribbon cutting October October, 9th. October 9th. I don't think I can be there. Well, I'm uh, in two different places that day. I should have known. But that's all right. But I wish I could. But, um, man, uh, best to you on it and let us know how we can help. We're we're neighbors now. Absolutely. We're just right up the road. And I took a wrong turn. We used to be neighbors. It took me a lot longer to get here because I took a wrong turn. Did you really? I did. I thought I could go through a neighborhood. You can't go through the neighborhood. No, you can't. No, I thought I could. And then I was like, connect. "Mm, Nope. It doesn't connect. But we used to be neighbors and offices, remember? Absolutely. We were down the hall from each other. Very briefly. Y'all. We were a couple of years. We moved in and y'all moved out. You were like, we're done. (laughs) There goes the neighborhood. Dawson's here. Well, it was funny because you were there. Uh, we were there. API was there. Alabama Policy Institute. Gary Palmer, uh-huh. who wound, com, wound up being a congressman. Yeah. My daughter then, works uh, for him. Yes, right. And then um, Christian Luther Mich- Strange was in there as well, yep. who wound up being a senator for, for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you ran for governor. <laughs> now you know why you're not governor. Uh, you know what? If I had, uh, I didn't run to run. I ran to win. But yeah. um, every day I show up and just say, Lord, I'm here to I'm here yeah. to work. Here's what I learned running for governor. Obedience demands no explanation. Mm-hmm. If you have, if you're a parent and your kid only obeys when they understand, that's not obedience. That's mm-hmm. being complicit. We yeah. have a lot of complicit Christians. If yeah. I understand it, I'll do it. Yeah. God wants well, obedience. You did well, and you did well. You did as well as uh, other people who are. Uh, lifetimers in that world and you did as well as they did <laughs> we'll come back into a whole that's a whole other deal oh i got so many insights to the church about what what we need in the church by what i learned i need to hear that all right everybody have a great weekend god bless